Hi, it's Radhika Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Vanity Fair. If you love digging into the week's political headlines, subscribe to Vanity Fair. Our reporters take you behind the scenes of some of the biggest stories from the campaign trail to the halls of Congress. Just for our Inside the Hive listeners, save 15% on a yearly digital subscription to Vanity Fair with promo code POD15. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15, for 15% off one year of all you can read, watch, and hear. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok, and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, testing. Yes. Yes. Testing one, two. Okay. Okay, let me switch. Perfect. Okay. So, wait. So, should we just jump right in? Yes, of course. Who are you? I am, uh, I'm dad today. I'm Tom Arnold. Uh, Nick Bilton. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back to the scene of the crime. The scene of the crime. So, I am sitting here in, uh, in Tom Arnold's home office, which has got lots of pictures of Tom Arnold. Yeah. Uh, uh, lots of paraphernalia. Uh, it's exactly the same as two years ago when you're here, isn't it, or whatever this started? So, so this this all started. My conversation with Tom started uh, because of Donald Trump, right? Yes, Nick. Well, it started because of David Carr. David Carr, that's you're, right. You're fr- we're, we, you know, we, our, mutual. our mutual friend David Carr, who passed away a couple of years ago, who would have who would have fucking loved this debacle? Yeah. He was my good friend. I've known him 35 years. And Nick, uh, he liked Nick. Nick called me. A lot of people were calling me because, you know, I was shouting about uh, uh, the, the, this apprentice outtakes uh, tape that I'd seen after the uh, Access Hollywood grabbed by the pussy tape didn't take Trump down. And I said, well, actually, I've seen, you know, I was promoting uh, my stand up. And I said, well, you know, this is outrageous that that didn't work because... Okay, so I have to stop this tape for a moment and back up a minute and tell you what's going on here. The tape you were just listening to was actually recorded last week for last week's podcast, but in my interview with Tom Arnold, he said so much crazy shit about Donald Trump, about Mark Burnett, about The Apprentice tapes, and more, that we decided we had to cut the first half of this interview. So what you're about to listen to is actually half of an interview with Tom Arnold. So in addition to people looking for those alleged Apprentice outtakes, they can now look for missing Inside the Hive audio footage too. We're going to start this podcast with the infamous tweet seen around the world last week, the one featuring a photo of Arnold and Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former lawyer and fixer, who many hope will actually flip on the president pretty soon. We're going to step into this interview 28 minutes in, where Arnold is talking to me about running into Cohen at a hotel in New York City, where Tom told me he tried to take their disagreements from Twitter to the parking lot, so to speak. A little side note before we begin, Tom Arnold's views and opinions are solely his own and do not purport to reflect or represent those of Vanity Fair, The Hive, Inside the Hive, Condé Nast, or me, Nick Bilton. We also had to bleep out a few names in this episode, so sorry about those noises you might hear halfway through. Michael Cohen and Roseanne Barr did not respond to requests for comment regarding the things that Tom Arnold said about them in the show. 
So without further ado, welcome to Inside the Hive. I am your host, Nick Bilton, and I present to you none other than Tom Arnold. Okay, so last week you were in New York City. And I was. I was until last night in New York till, City. Until, till, uh, and uh, and I, re- I was working and I started getting a bunch of text messages from people. And it was a, there was a photo of you and Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, uh, now former lawyer. Uh, and you had – and it's uh, the art, there was head articles flying all over the place about how you and Michael Cohen were teaming up to, to get the – to release the tapes and, and that you had said that the PP tape, quote unquote, was real. It what happened? Real. Well, I, oh, okay, Dick. So, did are you and Michael teaming uh, up, or did you guys well, just bump into we each other? Well, well, obviously, well, a. Uh, oh my God. Okay, so <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, okay. How long have you known Michael Cohen? Well, uh, you know, uh, according to him, you know, the first time I went to New York, the first day of the show, um, probably uh, May. Second, I did Howard Stern. I said, I want to stay at the the that hotel because he's there. What hotel is that? The Regency. The Regency. You know, Tish yeah. shows the Regency. Steve Tish is yep. my buddy. He was my best man. He was the best, best man. If I could do a podcast on that bachelor party, I would. Um, again, Zach Tish is my godson. My daughter Quinn is uh, Jamie Tish is her godmother. There's a lot of he knows he, he knows Mike Michael Cohen. There they uh, have apartments in the same building. And Michael Cohen staying at the at the uh, uh, the Regency. So and so I got a uh, and I said well, I'm going to be doing Howard Stern. I want to stay there because I want to talk to Michael Cohen. Uh, according to Michael Cohen, uh, we've met six times. I'm I'm going to leave it at that. So I go to Regency. I check in. Um, I a, a fellow that works. There, let me just say this too. I just want to say this in general. When you are a person of power and you call everyone from Mexico rapists and murderers, I, I want to. I, I know I'm, I'm rambling, but right before I left the, the Regency yesterday, uh, I got a message uh, that Steve Bannon had checked into the penthouse on the 21st floor. And I just want to say this when you call everybody from south of the border rapists and, 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 and murderers, you're, it's insane because they serve you your food they clean up your messes when you're in the business fucking center and you leave paperwork in the fucking business center there and you're expecting them to cover for your fucking ass every day and you don't even make eye contact with them and i'm saying this to donald trump and michael cohen and steve bannon i know what steve bannon had for breakfast yesterday so i know what that he's on the 21st floor i knew the second he checked in and that's why I wrote him a note. He knows that. And his his fucking his body man Sean Bannon, fucking hammerhead that I called yesterday before I left. And and, and whatever message he wrote for, for Michael Cohen, whatever that speech about no collusion, the tweet he did today that wasn't Michael Cohen's words, that came directly from the White House is bullshit. And Michael Cohen it's bullshit. And I know they're running up the, the message from the 21st floor, from uh, the penthouse from Steve Bannon directly to the 16th floor, where Michael Cohen is, and it's bullshit. Okay, so... So, so if you leave your shit around, you, you, listen, you fucking insult those people. Those people are... Fuck the FBI. <laughs> so those people, once those people get riled up, because they're everywhere, and they're feeding you your fucking food, and you're insulting them, 
And that goes for Sarah Sanders, Donald Trump, everybody, these people that you think are invisible. They are in your room every moment, and you're ridiculous. Okay, so get, let's get back to. Do the, you know what I'm saying? I no, totally Nick? agree with you, one thousand percent. The idea that 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 uh, uh, the head of DHS and and uh, you know anyone even associated with the Trump administration would go to a Mexican restaurant is beyond. No, no, no. But every hotel, think about it. Every office building. Okay, at but, night. Come on, this fucking idiot. I mean, let's so let's get back to 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 Michael Cohen real quick. So you you. You bump into Michael Cohen. Yeah, I do. And you take a photo with him. Well, I saw, here's the thing. I, I, Brian, Brian Hyatt from Rolling Stone been following me for five months. To do a story on you? No, because he fucking loves me. He thinks I'm awesome, dude. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, kind of taking all this fucking madness in, I assume. But, you know, profile. What You know, it's ridiculous. Like, you know. And uh, I don't know. You know, to... Hang out. I've got this show right. and whatever. So, and like, so Cohen, get back to Cohen. So we're sitting there shooting the shit because and my, I've done shit. My crew's gone. I'm not shooting anything. We're sitting there shooting the shit. And he, talking about why, why I stayed there the first time. And it said, Cohen there. I talk about the coincidence. How many people are fucking turned on Trump? And I'm saying, you know, I was the first time I was there, I got to Felix Sater's house. And he says, hey, Giuliani's going to be at Trump Tower. I'm going to meet him there. And I'm like, that's bullshit. And then This is like four weeks ago. And then he sends me a text, Felix Sater. Of him and Giuliani at Trump Tower, and Giuliani then went on Fox News to fucking try to badmouth Mueller, and I'm like, this is insane. So I said, that's crazy, and then I go, oh fuck, there's my code right there. <laughs> He's outside the window. So I go pick up my phone, I run to the front door, and as he comes in, like we're I'm squared off, and I don't know if it's going to be like good news or bad news. Yeah, you know, and, but I'm you know you know you know me a little bit, you know, and and it's it's good news, and, and we shake hands. And then I say, you know, Tish says you're a good guy. And it's, it's nice. And I want it to be nice. And then it gets pretty, listen, I said, listen, listen, we're rooting for you and your family. You got to do the right thing. I said, you know, I fucking hate Trump, but I'm not holding that against you. You got to do your thing. And then. What did he say to that? And uh, he goes, yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, he's on it. And then fucking Brian Heist, like, I just got to say full disclosure, I'm a journalist and I want to fucking punch him in the face because I, you know, I just want to keep talking. And, he even, and he's like, oh, that's cool. And shakes hand and takes his card. So he knows what's going on. And I'm like, um, can we do a picture? And he's like, sure. And then Brian takes a picture. And then we talk a little bit. And I go, you what know, you got to What take- did you guys talk about? I'm like, listen, you got to, you know, I, I know it's going to be a long road. And, and uh, I want to you know, we're, we're going to support you. You got to do what's best for the country and your family. And then he brought his kid over. And we talked about the same age as Zach's kids. He's going to school and... And I said, really, seriously. I mean, this guy, you know, um, you know, you gotta. When you're talking to him, do you get the impression that he agrees with you, or he's just agreeing yeah, with you? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just for the point. Of- yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. And so, and he's also well aware of, you know, who I am. So anyway, I sit back down with Brian, and we sit and shoot shit. And what I I tweet the picture right away. And, and what did you say? And I also tweet? tweeted it at Ronan, who had blown me off. And I tweeted it. And then, of course, my phone blows up for Ronan. He's a nice guy. And I ignore him. I'm like, fuck you. Anyway, but it's fun. But just for fun. Anyway, so I make, do it. What happened is I tweeted it. I'm not paying any attention. I stayed down there. And Michael retweeted it. I didn't know this. And in fact, NBC, whatever, did a story about it. I, I called Michael and said, Are you doing Tom Arnold's show? And he said, You'll have to ask Tom. Now, I haven't, I'm still downstairs. 
by the time I got upstairs, there's already a little story about it. So, of course, I'm, when I said he's doing my show, I'm just fucking with Trump with whatever. And I don't give a shit. I'm still sitting down there. He's down there. Like, I don't even know this going on. I'm talking to Brian. I'm shooting the shit. I think it's a funny picture. I have no idea. So I get up. He's like, you got to call this reporter. I call, So I call the reporter. I'm going to help with the story. I go, yeah, it's his friend from NBC. He's got a lot of reporter friends, by the way, dude. So I call her. I'm like, yeah, um, it's Tom Arnold. Yeah. You're, uh, you're uh, 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 Michael's friend. She goes, well, I wouldn't say I'm his friend. I go, okay. So then it goes a little bit. Get the next day. You know, it hasn't gone his way. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to suck up to Trump. I mean, you have to know this is this is what's going on here. But did you guys, did you and Michael Cohen ever talk about him coming on the show? No, or? but here's this. Here's how the night ends. So then, so then this is the same night. So then my buddy, uh, um, this woman, uh, Allison, who uh, uh, had on the show, her husband's friends with him, Andy, and, and his buddy, they're down at the bar. I get Allison's like, oh, my God, they're about to get in a fight. So I run down the same night. To, they get in a fight because someone was giving Michael Cohen shit. So I have to go down to the bar to make sure he gets. Uh, who to, gets into a fight with Michael me? Cohen and my buddy versus these other people because someone's giving Michael Cohen shit. And he said, my fucking wife hates Trump. I, don't worry. I'm on the, this is him at the fucking Regency bar. I go down to make sure that him and my buddy Andy are safely back in their fucking rooms. I'm sitting by myself in front. Like, this is how the night ends. So I'm like, okay, these guys are fucking knuckleheads. And uh, this, this happened in, in the Regency bar in front of everybody. And so it's me sitting outside by myself. This is how the night ends. So I'm like, okay, that's the end of it. Those guys are up there. You know, at least he's cooperating. He's 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 a bit of a, you know, but he's probably under a ton of pressure. You can tell he's also traumatized. Like he's like probably hasn't slept. But you know, his family seems very nice. So then the next day it becomes something. Then he gets real pissy with me, and then I have to fucking. Is he te- I, is he calling you or texting? He's you? calling me and texting me, and I have to fucking. Then apparently I blew him off, and sometimes he goes, "You gotta get." Like I went to the gym because. He was driving me fucking ape shit. What would what did he want you to say that he, my apologies weren't quite good enough? We well, ask your friend. Ask your friend for Vanity Fair. She knows that fucking never do it right for this fucking guy. Wait, so he wanted you to apologize to say that you that he had no intention of coming on the show or that he what? Of course I did I didn't want to my show wasn't even they don't even think I like I didn't want to I didn't ask him that. But by the way, he's on the show because we're filming his texting. We're filming me going, What the fuck is your problem? And finally I'm like, dude. But put on your fucking big boy pants here. God damn it. This guy is a monster you work for. What the fuck do you want me to do? I just said, I am sorry. And then and then Emily did my apology too. She tweeted it. Emily Fox from Vanity Fair. She fucking tweeted it. She's By the way, I rate her. She's the best source you got there. You Wait, know? So, so, so we're apologizing, but all my apologies are real shitty. They're like, Michael Cohen is a good father, and he did not say Donald Trump is a fucking asshole. I said Donald Trump is a fucking asshole. Because I know it's he's got to be aware that we're trolling because he is, he is, by the way, I could also see what's going on in the building. I know who's in the building and what is going on. So, okay, so hold on a second. So you are, you're, you're going through this as you're searching for these tapes. Here's the question. Because here's the show. It show has nothing to do with him. Like I'm going out. Sh- I'm interviewing okay. this person, that the person. Show. How much of the show and the hunt for the tapes is entertainment, and how much of it is is journalism? Because if you did find these tapes, that would be true journalism. Yeah, here's a, yeah, but here's the thing. It's it, it because of the people. It's entertainment. If journalism, I, I ask these questions. I put something up on my. Is there filming here in my house? 
they if I if I put something like that Mark Burnett call, they they freak out. They're like, oh my god, we got to clear that with Vice Legal. That's illegal what you did. I said, don't tell him I did it. Don't tell him I did. It. No, no, no. Just I go, no, I'm just saving that for myself in case he says like when I confronted him in his office that I didn't even call him. No, no, I'm saving that for my lawyer. No, 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 don't even tell him. Okay, and they they call Vice Legal, and they go, yeah, that's a wiretapping. And so I fucking tweeted it. Immediately, I put it up on the fucking internet under my name. I didn't even put it on advice. They're like, I go, you fucking narked on me, my old crew. Like, that, that's all they think about. They, If I had the tape, the goddamn tape, they couldn't play it on my show because they'd be stealing, you know. So I'd give it, have to give it to you. I, I, that's why the whole thing is who do I give it to? We could play about it. We could take what I've done. We could play the sources. We have people sitting on camera saying shit on this show that you would not believe. That, but you have some of the bravest so- fucking people. But the actual tape would be stolen intellectual property. So I'd be fucking, I, I, I got ways to do it. There's stuff I've done on Twitter that you won't fucking believe how fucking illegal it is. And I just put it up there and people, the people on my show don't even see it. Like they didn't see the Michael Cohen picture. They weren't there. So what, what, what is, so is the larger goal here to, to, is it to piss off Trump? I want Trump to resign. Because he's a monster. So when he's, uh, he's not doing anything about the, the 2018 you, election, like Russia, he has turned on our all of our own uh, uh, intelligence agencies. He uh, it, what he's doing at the border. I mean, with the the the, the, the he, he he's cruel. He's a he's a white supremacist. I can't think of and it's just happening so fast with with civil liberties and, and, and all these grifters, and it's just happening so fast. And I can tell you. He does care what I do. He absolutely cares. How do you know I see that? the response. I can tell you uh, there are people in your business that have uh, sources that have gotten responses. And I can tell you from being with Michael Cohen this fucking week, Ed, that it was almost um, – I tell you, I, I could, I could – um, does it matter how? I mean, wait, could you wait for the show to see that part? Can you just explain – like just – Oh, he's freaking – how do you know that though? Did, did did someone from the White House call you? Did you hear from Michael Cohen? Did you? Wh- how do you know? Does it matter? It kind did, of yeah. really. Yeah. Or does it matter? Can I just tell you? Yeah. I mean, if I tell you, you'll see. Okay. Did I tell you the pressure is on? Just tell me. No one else is listening right no. now. <laughs> ask Steve Bannon. Ask uh, Ask Michael Cohen. Okay, because they're sloppy. But, but they're getting so fucking. You'll oh, see. You'll see. Just though I bought it. People say you're crazy. He's crazy. He be, he's nothing. He's a crazy person. He's he. Okay, just keep saying that, and say say it doesn't matter. And just let me, just and just. So you believe that the things that you're doing is actually getting under Trump's skin? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I, I yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. uh, so I want. I'm I'll, doing something. I mean. It's, so let's just wrap it's, up here. It's with- sitting under his lawyer's skin. I'll tell you that right now. You are listening to Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. Now is the perfect time to stream the new drama series Succession on HBO. Watch the series The Wall Street Journal hails as scintillating drama and Vulture calls a full-blown addiction. From the incredible Adam McKay, director of The Big Short, and in-the-loop writer Jesse Armstrong, comes the story of one of the biggest media companies in the world and the family that's fighting each other for control of it. It's set in the boardrooms and penthouse apartments of New York City and beyond. Succession explores power, politics, money, and family in the cutthroat corporate world. Succession airs Sundays at 10 p.m., and you can watch the first four episodes now on streaming and on-demand platforms, only on HBO. 
let's just wrap up here. Okay, but I know you don't have Michael Cohen in. So, anyway, yeah. so we're texting back and forth. He sends me all this. And then and then something happened with the with the White House, and he panicked. And, and they were like, today, by the way, he did that. It, he, they knew something was coming today, and they said, you – and I so I started hitting him hard about him and Trump, and he wrote – I have had no contact whatsoever since the first day. He wrote a tweet the night before last uh, with Tom Arnold, which is now he's actually lied. You know, I bullshit. And so I Wait, wrote, you, what, what do you mean? He's saying that he hasn't seen you since right. the first day? And, and I, I actually the, was walking through the lobby. I had my head down. I saw him. I was like, God damn it. And he's like, Tom. What did he went, say? Can we at least shake hands? And so I said, the middle of the lobby for me, I had to go fucking shake his hand. Like, I'm literally trying to avoid the fucking guy. He is everywhere. And I got my head down trying to avoid him. In fact, I, I went to the, I was in the middle of the restaurant, and uh, there was a reporter there. I sat there, and one of the Tish nephews comes up and goes, Michael Cohen won't take selfies with anybody anymore because he says Tom Arnold fucking up and everybody's laughing. Everybody, he's there. Like his friends have t- took me outside to go. Thank you for looking out for Michael. It's so amazing. Like this is all going on, and he's like, anyway. So in the middle of the lobby, he does that thing, and then he tweets this thing about. I just want everybody to know. And then so I I texted him. Tw- okay, that's fucking. I tweeted that's fucking bullshit. You on your kids. You better fucking apologize. And then I start tw- texting him. He's like, no, it's actually technically honest. I go, okay, fucker. And then I tweet, meet me by the side of the fucking Regency at nine oh five. I'm showering right now. So I go down there. I got pictures of it. The, for the crew of the Regency, we stand outside. I go, this is it. It's now. This is. Fuck it. I stand outside at the side of the Regency, 9.05. People are gathered around. The people that work there, the people there that serve the food, the people that fucking work there are standing outside of the Regency with me, waiting on fucking Michael Cohen. A couple of his friends come out there, and he did not show. But what were you going to say to him if you did show? I was going to fucking fight him or whatever. We're you just going to fucking you, settle it, you man. You were going to fight him? Fuck right. Yes. <laughs> He's the fucking... I stood in that place where he and his uh, fucking Russian buddy smoked their cigars. I was in the exact place. You see that on both places? Yeah, I saw that photo. I was right fucking there. It was dark. I said, let's fucking get it going. It was just me. And I tweeted at him. I said, I'm going to rinse off because I'd been out of the gym. And at 9.05, I was standing out there. And a bunch of other New Yorkers stood around. And I said, let's fucking get this shit over with. Because you, you're, and he never showed up. He never showed up, and I stayed for another hour. Have you texted with him since? Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, let's see what I got here. This fucking dude. You- but, but you could tell that Trump's like that. Yeah, fucking Arnold. Let's see what I got here. You can see all so, the players that are trying to get over here. Tom's scro- uh, scrolling through his you phone go. right now. I see right up. That's a fucking dude. It's all the enough for me. Fuck. It's all accurate. Please pick your fucking. T- where, when were you, Melissa, when, had, uh, when were these got, texts? These are um, what does it say? Can you tell what they are? They're yesterday. Uh, so, so you you. Oh still yeah, yeah. See, could you see? Well, I'll let you see. So okay, so for but people, that's yesterday. For people, yeah. for people listening, they, there are legitimately texts back and forth between them. So yeah. Uh, oh my God, there's a ton of them. Look at these. And he sent me this fucking. He sent me his tweet and a, to fucking. He's pissing me off. And then uh, we. Oh, this is raging. And then he's like, look up here. And then he gave me thumbs up. Look at this. This is all for this fucking dude. That's all, you know, there's a ton of fucking shit. Okay. And there's calls. This is fucking full of shit. I'm telling you. Um, all right. So, Did you see that? Look. Yeah. So, okay. So, hold on. T- then there's a, let me get you back on track here for a second, Tom. Uh, you, this is how I am. Now. I know. I know. This is my, I'm just doing my, my part in the play here. So, you come back to, to LA. What's the end of this story? What is the end of? Uh, I'm gonna put. I'm grabbing your phone okay. and putting it down. This guy's pissed me off. All right, cool. So, what is the end of the story with the Trump tapes? How does this all end for you? Um, 
Well, I mean, there's the show. I mean, he's got to resign, you know. So you're just going to keep going yeah, until, yeah. until yeah. that happens? You know, I mean, he got Barack Obama to go into a trunk in Chicago and find what turned out to be the wrong. It's one of those. I mean, how scary was that for him and Dan Pfeiffer to go, oh, my God, this isn't even the official birth certificate. So they had to scramble a little bit. I want Mark Burnett to love it, go down there and go through the, the apprentice out tapes and uh, and see if I could find the same thing. Do you think that... Um, that seems fair. That seems fair to allow me to do that. Last couple of questions on the Trump stuff, and then I, I want to get to... As a private citizen, like he was able to do. I want to get to Roseanne. And but I do. He, he needs to resign. By the way, he's so he's committed so many crimes that he, he's going to have to. I also would like the American people that are uh, to see some things before Mueller shows his evidence. So they're like, oh, yeah, okay, now I could... Now it's not so crazy because now we can see if they saw a twelve-hour day of him just on a loop, then they could say that's not fixed. If they saw twelve hours of him, they go, "Okay, now it makes sense." So, what do you think that if the Trump tapes did come out, that they would actually make a difference? If they saw a twelve-hour day of him on the set of The Apprentice, what Mark Burnett knows to be the real Donald Trump, the guy that he sold and faked to to America, if they saw that. They would go, oh, so that's who he really is. Um, I think that that you know, um, I I don't know. I I think um, if you put it all together, you know, it, it's like the people that believe it, the rich people. And there was a lot of people in New York I talked to. They've shut off part of their brain. You know, they aren't getting deep. You know, to well look at the good stuff. And you know, I talked to a lot of different people that well, but these things are going good. They haven't shut off the. The part of their brain that 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 feels for the people, those children at the border, and that's how they have to live because this is trauma. So here's my question: So have you? This is my last question on this topic, and then we'll move on. Does someone like Mark Burnett look at the border and feel bad, or is he just elated that he was the one that created Donald Trump and got him in the White House? I don't. I don't. I can't. I don't know how he thinks. But after a year of uh, this uh, trauma therapy, this Peter Levine trauma therapy i'm able to be a watcher and i'm able trauma to step therapy back. yeah what do you what well you know it's it's trauma therapy you 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 start back to your Have childhood you been, or whatever you've, been, you, you've been doing that yeah and and you literally can from that moment you could smell the laundry in the background i mean that's how trauma is you people say oh that doesn't but if you go back there and then you lit it's that but i'm able to step back and see people or see things going on and I, i'm able to watch and I can't say why Mark Burnett does this, but he's he may very well be fucking panicked and be like, holy fuck. He but may if be, he was, he would release the tapes. Well, maybe it seems like that's that would be the solution, but that's that's our solution. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to stay on him until he explains what he is doing. He may say, I'm doing things behind the scenes. I'm barely, like people right now are going, oh my God, this guy would be shooting nukes off if it wasn't for me. Oh my God, you don't understand. But I want to hear it. I want because there are people that, that think they're they're saving the world that we think are monsters and that, that are complicit, but they're in their mind they're like, oh my god, I'm the one that's holding this together. But I want to hear, you know. But they're also fucking damaged. They don't even realize it. So what is the real truth? So I'm just going to keep fucking putting this on. Michael Cohen thinks he's saving the fucking world. So does Steve Bannon, and they're fucking idiots. All right. So and of course, so am I. I'm the biggest idiot of all, but I'm going to keep fucking doing this. 
Uh, I wouldn't say that. I think you're very, very entertaining. You're listening to Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. You know, one of the problems with podcasts is that you cannot see the host's face because if you could see my face right now, you would say, Nick, your skin looks amazing. And I would say that's because I shaved with a one blade razor this morning. For most men, shaving is actually a painful chore. It really honestly is, but not anymore. With one blade, you get the quality of a traditional wet shave with modern features. Bypass multiple blades for a single blade, which is actually designed to prevent tugging and pulling, meaning zero nicks. That's right, nicks, bumps, razor blade, razor burns, ingrowing hairs, you name it. All things that usually happen to me when I shave, but not anymore. Now, every time I shave, I feel like I've been to one of those fancy barbershops. One Blade has been obsessively engineered to be the optimal tool for performance shaving. From the perfect pivot to the finest materials, such as ultra-high-grade German stainless steel, which you can feel when you put it on your face, this razor is optimized to deliver the best shave of your life. Every one blade razor has a lifetime warranty and a 60 day guarantee, so there's nothing to lose. We're confident that you'll love it so much that if you do not have the best shave of your life, simply return it for a full refund. We will even pay for you to send it back. So head to onebladeshave.com slash hive and enter the promo code hive at checkout and you will get 10% off your entire order plus a free gift. That's onebladeshave.com slash hive and enter the promo code at checkout hive and you get 10% off your order plus a free gift. All right, so let's. Uh, we've got about ten minutes left here. Okay. Uh, I want to jump to Roseanne. I uh, bet you do, uh, <laughs> little bastard. <laughs> so uh, Roseanne's been in the news lately, uh, of course, as we all know, for uh, tweeting racist mm-hmm. things. You were married from ninety to ninety four to her. Yes. Did yeah. you know she was racist back then? No, she wasn't racist back then. Do you think she's racist now? I met her in 83. I was a young comedian, 23, out of Iowa. I worked in a meatpacking plant before that. I grew up in a redneck Iowa. Uh, I had uh, uh, I had never met anybody like Roseanne. Roseanne was seven years older. She was very successful. She, she wasn't famous yet, she, but very talented comedian. And... I de- she was a feminist. I never. It, it met, I worked at a fucking meatpacking plant. I worked on the kill floor of meatpacking plant for three years, and so my neighbor's dog was named the N word. I'm not shitting you. And wow. they, they'd yell for that fucking dog, and I, so that's where I came from. And then I met Roseanne, and I never heard the term people of color. And that's I'm not. Sh- and so that's the kind of person she was. And if you read her first book and the stuff she wrote about and the things she cared about, so you know it is uh, shocking. Uh, but, but I also, so when I first, you know, did a little bit of a deep dive into, uh, what she was really about and she was, is about that. Um, I was, you know, wait, wait, she is about what she's full on racist. She's full on a part of that, that this character that she is. And I, you know, I, I, ABC had to know it. The people, you know, I can't blame the people. But so, on the when show. did you realize that she was full on racist? Probably December. You know, after after I shot my my stand up special, obviously, because I was so kind about it. December it, of this last year. Uh, I mean, because I don't pay attention. You've know, been divorced twenty four years. Um, I my one of my stepchildren. You know, I've always sort of stayed in touch. And, and been they're amazing and sort of reached out and, and also I do I have this uh, Trump tape I, it, it hadn't been confirmed yet but you know I do I had a stand up special coming out the day 
the Roseanne show. I canceled it. I had to start promoting it. And that Wait, was just the, so serendipity. It was, I, it was the said, day. That, well, they said, well, June 5th will come out. That'll be great. And uh, I said, we'll start promoting it a week earlier. And I said, you know, I'm going to talk about the Roseanne show. It'll be my 30th anniversary of Modelli. And I, I said, because I think that reboot's going to be popular. I think it'll be. They're like, no, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I go, no, I think people, I think people will watch it. I think it'll be in the news. And they're like, no, don't do that. And then, of course, it is. And then, so literally, I, I got to promote that. And then that happens that people are like, why is he on TV? You know, why is he? Anyway, so. Wait, so hold on a second. So going back to your marriage when and the time you knew her back mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s. I mean, look, if I, if someone, if, if someone turned around and said, oh, your ex-wife uh, is a secret, is secretly racist, like I, I would be shocked. Dick, Dick, listen to me. I, she supported me. I went to rehab right before we got married. Two days out of rehab, we got married. Then uh, she dealt with multiple personality disorder. Her own. Very, yes. And she was very public about it. We spent time at I supported her. The whole family did. She was very brave. She was very courageous. She had 27 different personalities. Only two of them liked me. That's actually a fact. Wait, Jud- what, do you, what do you mean? Well, you, you could read about it. One was a small German boy, as Judd would say. But actually, one was a four-year-old named Cindy. I'm not kidding you. So, and, so you would be with Roseanne and all of a sudden a four-year-old? Not all of a sudden, but I would come home and... And it would be there would be the the angry uh, I can't remember her name but she would answer the door and and it's a teenager who was a prostitute and she hated me and I would the, you know sometimes say whoa whoa whoa, whoa where where where's Sydney because Sydney was a well Sydney liked me and, and you aren't supposed to call out those altars but I it just became you know uh, it was hard you know and and uh, but eventually she integrated she worked very hard did she and, go on medication. Yeah, she did medication, but she also worked very hard to integrate. So to say that it's impossible to think that this woman could suddenly turn into that woman, to me, it's fucking possible. But, uh, you know, and, and, and believe me, back in those days, some of these people did not want to go to work on the Roseanne show. They're like, I quit the show. I'm not doing the show. And uh, but I Because I, of her? No, because that person did not want to go to work that day, or that Got person. Was, and but I knew the real Roseanne would be devastated if she quit the show, or the person inside of her, the 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 woman that, that created the show, would be fucking devastated if anything happened to that show. Do, have you have you spoken to her since the? No, no. When was the last time you no. spoke to her? At, at, at her stand up, at her uh, roast, that she asked me to do it at the last minute because nobody else showed up for her. I don't know. Was it five years ago or and something? You, but you guys tweeted back and forth a little. No, yeah, well, at some point. So, I mean, I you know I always assume things are fine, but you just never know. You Have never you reached know. out to her since this went down? Or oh my no? god, I was tweeting at her to get the fuck off the internet with the fucking racist stuff and and uh, trying because she also cut off her kids. So I was I, I was DMing the whole time. But I tell you, I had but ten plans. I said, okay, here's a phone to use. Give her this phone. It goes to a different server. So I mean, like if I was there, the show would still be on the air because I'd be like, oh no, you're not tweeting. This fucking phone is going in the river. I mean, there is who. Listen, I get again. I got her to work every day when she was a four. Wanted to quit the show because I knew how. Whenever we got this figured out, when the real Roseanne came back, she would fucking be so sad if her show got canceled. I would have made sure, but this this person that she is now, this has taken over her so, so much. Do you, do you think and that- is hurting people? There's a million other people following this fucking racist Roseanne, and she's hurting 
people. And it's Trump keeps piling onto people like her. And it's hurting people, so it had to be canceled. And there's no one there that apparently can help her. Do you feel bad for her? I feel bad for the for the the Roseanne that that grew up and and dealt with all the stuff she dealt with and and uh, you know lived in a fucking trailer and you know had nothing and and uh, you know created this amazing thing and uh, yeah that 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 girl and dealt with that abuse and uh, I, I feel I feel for that girl but uh, but you have to. You have to remember to feel for all the young black girls that fucking are, see every time somebody puts a picture of a fucking monkey on the internet or whatever that fucking breaks their heart a little bit. And that's what these people do. And so fuck them and fuck Roseanne until this piece. You can't, you know, that, I feel sorry for the other Roseanne, but, but fuck, him, fuck her for doing this and, you know, they, they, that needs to be addressed too, because every time something happens like this to racist, they, they, everybody come, I saw that Rabbi Shmuley whatever go. You know, Roseanne's idol is Martin Luther King. Like fucking Steve Bannon's like Donald Trump's idol is Martin Luther King. Like they fucking how fucking sick, how fucked up are we as a country? <laughs> the fucking Jews and the fucking white people are like Martin Luther King is our racist. Uh, you know what the fuck does black people have to put up with in these fucking knuckleheads? When right, you, right. No, you're completely, you're completely Jesus. right. You're completely right. Do you? Uh, um, you and gonna, I feel sorry for the kids. This whole country is full of kids whose parents have lost their fucking minds. That's what the Roseanne show should be about. Fucking Darlene, whose mother lost her shit, because if I look at my. It's all over this country where they people have just crossed over, and maybe you don't see it every day, but they have. You so you're from Iowa, right? Yeah. Uh, do you still have family? Back there? Yes. And, and they've crossed over. Uh, all right. So just wrapping up here. Yes. Because I know you got to go pick up your kids. I live here. I, I'm not going anywhere, fucker. <laughs> I do have to go to camp. Um, do, <laughs> uh, if you could sit down with Roseanne and Jesus. give her like a piece of advice, would you? Or would you just be like- Give her a piece of advice. No, I, I or would I, you just be like, let her, let her just I gave her all the waver in her misery and that's it? I don't want people wavering their misery. No, I mean, I, I, I do. Jesus, is, is there any re- redemption for her? Or is, redemption is she, redemption for everybody. But you got to fucking. Is she done? She's, is she done? You know, she's already. Uh, she's got to get back to. She's got to get her. Get to. She's got to get the, the, the back to herself, and then. Do you think you know that I mean? there was a multiple personality that was sending those tweets, or that she? No, I think that per that whoever that whatever she became there, is just fucking, you know, whatever that, whoever that is that, that took over, that person had to be stopped, and I, you know, I actually feel I here's how crazy I am, Nick, as I'm watching that and I'm sending my tweets that way. It's like with the the moon landing, and you're like, how do the people on NASA control that that rover? It doesn't. There's no wires, but they're pushing buttons out there. I felt with every tweet, as it's getting closer and closer, and everything I do, I think I'm just about to have to cancel the Roseanne show myself that weekend before. I'm going to do one more tweet, and it's going to. 
So it, it just had to happen. I mean, she obviously did it herself. She she felt so much pressure from all the Trump people like this season. And she was telling them this season, every show is going to be about Trump. And then, but the other part of her is like, oh no, you also have to service the liberals. And so it was the night before the writers came back. And if you see her, all of her social media just escalating, more racist, more fucking... Just, uh, you think Islamophobe. she? Oh my you God! You think she wanted to get fired? Well, that voice. It, it, there's it's self-destructive. I'm self-destructive. I'm an addict. We, we all see that. It's just pulsing, and there's nobody in her life to go. What the fuck? But pull the. And if there's one thing about me, I am the guy to go. Fuck that, you know. And there was a couple times when I was talking to Jenny. I go, give me your fucking address. I'm gonna go turn the fucking lights off over there because you need to have one fucking guy. And then I, you know what you do with that guy? You fucking divorce him. And then you have the Roseanne people win the lottery because he didn't want that. And then the show goes down that time. And then 24 years later, this shit happens. And you know what? She can come back and you know have a reboot, reboot, and everything will be fine. I don't think she'll be having a reboot, reboot. Who knows? She's Who got knows? more money than we'll fucking ever have. You know, I should have taken alimony. I should have taken read. The, I did. I took no money. People think I got fifty million dollars. I didn't get any. If I don't know she was going to turn it out to racist, I would have fucking taken every dime she had. <laughs> See, she's going to be a good person. All right, so last question. Maybe I can go back in court. I just realized that. Holy fuck. I'm going to check that, see if they have a morality clause in my settlement. <laughs> good, good, Nick. Thanks. Uh, dinner's on you next, yeah. next time. Uh, last question here. Uh, when you look at the state of this country today, as someone who came from the Midwest, and you're now living in L.A., and, and you know people on both sides of, of this debate— uh, and you see where Trump has ended up and the, the vitriol that he has, you know, partially he is responsible for and partially there's 40 percent of the country that is happy to to stand up and cheer for it. Do you think that we're going to ever get back to a form of discourse that is cordial and uh, and us being a one big happy country again? Or do you think that Trump has destroyed it? forever in, well, in I, some respect well i don't know that we i think i gotta think it's a good thing that's uh that there's always been something i don't think we ever were a big happy country but 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 yeah we would we never didn't hate each other the way we no, do now no but i think it's i think it's it's a good thing i think it's good when these are real things that are underneath there i think it's good that we could you know that it's coming we can, we can see who these we put a face on some of this stuff also if you're on twitter you think everybody's on twitter you know, I, I had this shit with Michael Cohen, and I go to fucking JFK, and the the uh, the TSA's that let me back behind everything, and and the the guy from the the uh, the FBI guy lets me go back, and I'm thinking, well, these guys are, you know, who's like they're they're all smiling, and we take pictures, who knows who's with who, but we're all we're all you know we just all together, and, and for everybody you think is with Trump, you, you don't know, and I'm on the plane, I'm thinking. Are these guys, do they even know what's going on? No, necessarily. Who knows what's going on? Who knows what side people are on? You can't assume, you know. And so, you know, yeah, there's a lot of hateful people. But, uh, but you know, lessons are going to be learned from this. There's people that think he can't go down and he's invincible. And they're going to be, they're going to learn some lessons. And Ashley, do you want to say something? <laughs> she pretends like she's over here. Someone just knocked on the door. Right, right, uh, right. Well, on that note, uh, Tom... This has been fascinating. It's been great, Nick. I love you, buddy. It's been amazing. Thanks for introducing me to Carl Bernstein. Hey, here's my best story, Carl Bernstein. So I was so excited to meet him because, you know, I was, as a kid, I grew up in Iowa. And the guy from fucking Carl Bernstein, I get to meet him. And then, uh, so I uh, people are dogging me at the first. I said, well, I'm meeting with 
uh, Watergate level journalist at Carl Bernstein. I got his voicemail. He calls me in my car. Tom, first of all, I talk way too fast for him, as you can imagine. Tom, could you take that tweet down? Because when you tweet a Watergate level uh, journalist, that it can only be either me or Bob Woodward. <laughs> he's like, and he really got, he was really bad. And like, and, it, and I was like, oh, and it, what an asshole move by me. What a braggart fucking asshole move. That was one of my earliest. Things I was like, oh, I was trying to be discreet. I didn't say you. No, here's what I said. I didn't say you. He goes, Tom, there can only be two people on the planet. Me and Rob Woodward. I said, I didn't say your name. You said not to say your name. I, anyway, but he just did a smackdown on me. And I was like, you know, because I, 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 I can be a bit, bit of a, a fool. But the great thing about dealing with Trump and these guys, they also are. They genuinely are, Nick. I have to what? tell you, they make so many mistakes. Who? Trump, Michael Cohen, all these guys. They just, and that's why everything you say about them and say to them, they have to go, maybe Tom Arnold knows something. Maybe he's right, no matter what I do or say. So, because it could be true if in you, their mind. If you if you could say one thing to Donald Trump today, what would it be? We're coming. Israel is we're coming. You know it's real. We're coming. We're not quitting. All right. On that note, Tom, thank you as always. Thanks, Nick. All right. Thanks to my guest this week, Tom Arnold. If you enjoyed this crazy conversation, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. That's me. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a glowing 10-star review while you're there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. Thanks to my editors at Vanity Fair. And thanks this week, a special thanks to the lawyers at Condé Nast. And a special, special, special thanks to my sponsors, HBO and OneBlade. Please support them the same way you support this podcast. I will see you all next week. Hi, I'm Michael Calori, the co-host of Wired's Gadget Lab. And I'm Lauren Good, the other co-host of Wired's Gadget Lab. Get ready to dive deep into the cultural phenomenon that's been shaping conversations, sparking movements, and breaking barriers for over a decade. The new three-part docuseries, Black Twitter, A People's History, based on the groundbreaking Wired cover story by Jason Parham, explores everything from the fun, games, and inside jokes that characterize the early years of Black Twitter, to the social movements, the voices and the hashtags that made Black Twitter an influential force in nearly every aspect of American political culture. Join us as we unravel the threads of this digital community, tracing its origins, celebrating its triumphs, and exploring its impact on society at large. Watch the series from Onyx Collective in association with Wired Studios, premiering on Hulu on May 9th.